is Brad Anderson. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Alan K Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Well, welcome in on a Monday morning, October 2nd, 2023. We've got 67 degrees in the capital city. On our way to another high in the 90s. Monday morning. Do I sound bitter when I give you the when I give you the forecast? No, it just sounds dumb. Oh, it this does sounds that. like this sounds like it, an opening for the show two months ago. You know, guys, this is October is my favorite month. It sits atop the power rankings of the months for me, and primarily because of two reason two reasons. Uh, one, the weather, and two, the sports. Well. You know, this weekend I might be rethinking my month power rankings <laughs> at this point uh, because I took both of those things in pretty extensively this weekend, and none of them were top month type material. Um, yes, yeah, but you did that in September, most of it. That's true. I yeah, I know. Well, I I did I did do most of it. It's just October usually has the 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 good wet the 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 good weather that comes along. We've only got it. two days of this hot heat. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, even I mean, even by tomorrow, it should be a decent amount better. But yeah, by the end of the week, by the end of the week, I'm going to be whining about how cold it is. No, I'm not. I wouldn't do that. Friday, sunny, high near sixty one. Breezy northwest wind with gusts up to 28 miles an hour. Possibility of frost okay, that, Friday night. See, this is what's going to happen. Possibility of frost Friday night, uh, low of 37 on Friday night. Okay? So this is what I'm talking about, though. We, we Yeah, 61 isn't that cold, but wind gusts at 28, where this is what I was worried about the entire time, is just chopping weeks off fall. And... It, it, 61 with high north winds is not winter weather. I acknowledge that. It's just a very unpleasant fall weather. So Yeah, but it's just for a day or so. Okay, next I, I, week looks great. Okay, th- that's good. Good. I'm glad we'll get a little bit of a little bit of that in before we officially that Monday. <laughs> Man, I had a Debbie Downer weekend. I'm I was ready to get back here and start a week of work. Did you not watch Sunday of, night football? Instead of leisure. Yeah, I watched. <laughs> our, our 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 world leader I mean, was at MetLife. Yeah, I thought they barely even. Uh, <laughs> you're not gonna believe what I'm gonna say this. I thought they like went pretty light on the Taylor Swift coverage during that game. To be honest, you clearly were not sitting with somebody freaking out well, at any time. So I was shown. actually was, and that's part of the reason I say that is that it just didn't turn out to be that that big of a big of a focus as much as I thought that it would be. They literally so. showed her after a touchdown for Isaiah Pacheco. Right. I know. I thought. I. I guess I <laughs> thought there was going to be more. I'm. I, I don't care one way or the other. I just thought, given that it seems to be very pervasive in our culture <laughs> right now, I thought it might be a little bit more than it actually was. But nonetheless, good game. Congratulations, Chiefs fans. Who, who are you talking about? <laughs> uh, yes. Blake Lively. <sighs> Yeah, she brought a bunch of celebs up there last night. A whole didn't bunch she? of them were up there. Yeah, no more, no more hanging out with Kelsey's mom. Let's just get the New York City celeb crew, right? Get, uh, Deadpool and Wolverine. Holy and- cow! Who's who list up there in that skybox? Uh, all right, so we got to never good- heard of them. 
Good show for you today on a Monday morning. Uh, we'll have more on that Nebraska football game. That was great. Uh, that's at 710. A little bit later in the show, we'll have Tim Haruza. He is going to join us, talk a little Nebraska news and politics with him. Uh, Mike Schaefer will join us as well. New week of Fantasy Huskers as we get ready for Nebraska and Illinois on Friday. So that's what we've got. Uh, that's what we've got set up for you on this Monday morning. Uh, well, how was your weekend, Mark? Maybe maybe yours was a lot better than mine was. Yeah, it was all right. That's good. Uh, I slept through the Chiefs game, though. Oh, that's too bad. It was, uh, was exciting. Well, I mean, the second half wasn't great if you were a Chiefs fan until the very end um, because it was closer, too close for comfort, I think, for, for most Chiefs fans, but they did end up pulling that one out. Um, all right, well, let's get into some of the news then. As to uh, what we've got going on, Mark, Mark, can you help me understand? I know yesterday was a, a big day um, for the beginning of this Let Them Grow Act, some of the things in it to go into effect. There are some of the things that were still up in the air about that um, in terms of the regulations. Can you kind of just explain to us what's happening exactly with that right now? Well, the final rules and regulations are not uh, fine. They haven't been completed. And the act went into effect yesterday, so the Department of Health and Human Services issued uh, some temporary rules oh, okay. and regulations, and the governor approved them yesterday. We have a link to the actual uh, order, if you will, at KLIN.com, but it sets out some definitions. Uh, it discusses puberty-blocking drugs, uh, the number of contact hours that has to be done therapeutically before anything can be done. But these are all just the stopgap regulations pending a uh, hearing that is now scheduled for late in November at the Lancaster Event Center. Um, okay. The state uh, medical director is going to have the final rules out by the end of this month, 30 days prior to that meeting, and they've scheduled a 12-hour public hearing. So wait, so they're, they're going to put the – he's the, the medical director puts out the – the final regulations. The final regulations before the hearing? Yes, the proposed. The proposed. Okay, yes, proposed, proposed. proposed regulations before the hearings. And this was a function of the bill itself. This was one of the one of the compromise. I don't know if compromise is the right word, but yes, essentially no. left the the decision on some of those Treat, um, treatments, treatments yep. essentially, that weren't outright banned, left them up to the chief medical officer for... Correct. Uh, for the state, and so okay, and so we've since that has not been done yet. Governor basically uh, signed HHS regulations that are going to be in place until that happens. Okay. Oh, until uh, the final regulations are adopted. Are adopted right so, later later this fall. Okay, and and again, that uh, public hearing is November twenty eighth. Okay, and I imagine there will be oh. hundreds, if not. What? Thousands it people. looked like there were a lot of people out at the Capitol yesterday, so, or I don't know, and a lot, but there were significant demonstrations. For those that uh, won't be testifying or can't make that hearing, there will be a, a way to submit written comments as well. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's it in a nutshell. The aftermath of last year's legislative session is just now on, on the issue that seemed to really suck up all of the air is just now officially um starting to take place at least in partially in, yep. in the case of that that part and and boy and then 
what, Mark, we're three months away from another session getting going again, and uh, I'm going to guess issues related to this are going to go right back on the table pretty quickly, whether it's about uh, people participating in sports or bathrooms or, you know, all kinds of stuff. This is going right front and center again, I think, all of next winter. Right, and it's a short session, so it's a 60-day session. Thank goodness. Um, Yeah. So, all right. So we've got that. What else do we have going on here? Well, actually, morning, it, it, it happened very early Friday morning, kind of a the second part of that uh, Zachary Scheich uh, case. Yeah. You know, the, the student that uh, impersonated a student uh, went to Northwest and Southeast. 26-year-old, yeah. yeah. Well, a 22-year-old woman, Angela Navarro, was taken into custody Friday morning. She had impersonated his mother in the enrollment process. She was uh, charged with criminal impersonation as part of that. He's facing 15 felony charges. But so now the second uh, second person arrested in that uh, situation. She had her initial hearing, and it sounds like her attorney is saying, I mean, she, that she essentially was a victim in this whole thing, too, essentially, of the 26-year-old. And so, obviously, you know, a lot to find out about that. But she, so she's 22, and she's posing as the 26-year-old's mom? Well, According he, was, to he, this? he was supposed to be, what, 17? <laughs> yeah, but still, I mean. Something in the math there I, also I doesn't know, add up. Like, boy, yeah. yeah, she's four years younger and uh, is posing posing as mom in this situation. Um, yeah, that's uh, interesting to see. Like, And I thought maybe it was just, see, I thought it might just be like uh, like on the phone type thing or or something like that, but it sounds like it had to do with registering for classes, um, and that was one of the things. Like he needed someone to do that, yep. essentially. So, yeah, that's uh, it. Just gets a little crazier. Uh, yeah, it does. I mean, right? It, it, like, I, I mean, the natural question is like, yeah, why is she? Why is, would she want to be involved yep. in something like that? Right? Like, I, I, and, and still there's. There's still like just way bigger questions of, and I know there are allegations too that there were you know some inappropriate uh, pictures that were sought by him uh, from other students. That's among the things that are being lev- leveled against him. But e- you know, even so, it still raises the question: What in the heck was the end game here? You know what? What in the world was going on with with this whole thing? That's... And if the if the end game was to acquire some material that is illegal that way, taking advantage of these students, it, it was playing. That's playing a really long con to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like m- months, entire school days, getting someone to pose as your mom. All of these things. Like there are still so many questions here with this whole thing. Um. And you know, was there anyone? Was there anyone suspicious? Like, was it just was he a that young looking of a twenty six year old that nobody thought it was nobody thought it was odd? It just sounds like just, somebody who who failed to adjust to life after high school and just wanted to make that their life. I don't know. I don't know. But and like I said, there. Well, that's the case. He didn't attend many classes. Yeah, and he skipped. A, and well, and and then maybe, well, maybe that's part of the explanation. Yeah. But again, like if you were seeking seeking this sort of you know this taking advantage of these other minors through this, um, it's it's just a an 
no no way is appropriate to do that that's not what i'm saying but like it is a real it is a lot of effort to go through well, would, to make I, that happen i would imagine he, you know by taking on the persona of another high school student that would give some level yeah, of that's true i don't want to say it's it just right. it's a different i know but dynamic. it's just a lot of work i mean it is a it's a yeah. lot yes, it's it a lot to do um so nonetheless another interesting twist and turn there um all right so we've got uh those is a couple of the uh the top stories this morning uh we already hit the weather like like uh, mark had said uh one more day in the 90s today one more in the 80s then tomorrow and then uh by wednesday we'll be actually should have a pretty nice day wednesday and thursday before it cools off quite a bit for fridays we were talking about pretty good chance of some uh precip tomorrow good all right so we might uh yeah might see some showers during the day Tomorrow as well, and uh, well, Caleb and I will be talking a little bit more about this later in the show. But it went Caleb about as about as bad as you could have imagined for Nebraska on Saturday. There's hit, not hit. a whole lot of redeeming value in that game. Here's the thing: I actually did say, okay, it could have felt so much worse. Really, one turnover. That's true. Think about how bad it would have felt if the offense. No, they they didn't get the touchdown to the the long fleeks. Uh, touchdown late in the game, had a missed field goal, didn't pick up a, a fourth and one on a questionable play design inside the red zone. But after all of that, there wasn't three lost fumbles, bunch of interceptions, there wasn't a returned kickoff for a touchdown. Just or, more or traditional offensive and defensive beatdowns. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it was just more. Just that was the other team. They leaned on you, and they just showed that they were better. Which, that, like, there, there's that side of it. But at least in this case, you're not just coming out of the feeling. Even like Colorado, a little bit, even though that started to get out of hand in the fourth. But especially like Minnesota, where you went, should have won. That that yeah. other team was not better than yeah. Nebraska. No, you, yeah, you're you're not saying hey if they. You know they let it slip away on this one. So, so on the so on the one hand, yes, that team is at a very different level than where Nebraska is right now, yeah. and that, that's why I asked the question in post game to to Matt Rule: what need what changes improvements need to happen within the program to close the gap on programs like Michigan? Mm-hmm. At which he said he couldn't answer, and then he gave like a two minute answer on. But <laughs> but it, it's it feels different to me coming out of there just going. Yeah, that's kind of what we expected. That team's a lot better and in a lot better place than where Nebraska is right now, as opposed to, man, they were in it in the fourth, and then guess what? Yeah. Threw an interception. I think, I, think I, I mean, I expected Michigan to win. I just expected it not to look, to be that. Just dominant from the get-go. Just that. I, did. I expect there to be a few happy moments along the way for Nebraska. <laughs> there almost were none. The only touchdown of the game happened. And for those that don't know, when when you're covering the game and you're on the sixth floor, obviously you can see over the entire field. When you get to the elevator to go down, they're playing the Huskers Radio Network broadcast in the elevator. And then we can go out to the sideline for the last few minutes of the game. There is about a minute window of real time from the elevator to getting to the field where I have no idea what's happening. Unless I pull up uh, like the KLIN mm-hmm. app and I'm listening to it. In that one minute of real time... We got our one bit of joy in the game. <laughs> I get out there and I, li- and I get out there and everyone goes, "Yep, not going to be a shutout." I go, "Oh, what happened?" Are we? And they're like, "Yeah, we scored." I go, "What happened?" Because they just had the ball back there. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Well, guess what? You're watching the next game in the elevator. Yeah, I'm the just entire gonna, I, thing. I figured, okay, I got to sit night, between the elevator and the field. And Friday night, <laughs> let's open up Memorial Stadium for Caleb to just sit in the elevator <laughs> and uh, while the entire game goes on. That would be uh, that'd be a nice nice gesture, I think. <laughs> You're not all. allowed at PBA. I'm not allowed out of the elevator. And volleyball made us nervous a couple of times a weekend, although they still got away with a couple of wins. So. Still feels therapeutic when they're just like, yeah, anyway, we're going to go win now. All right. All right. Let's uh, get that weekend out of our system sports-wise. It's 625. We'll take a break. You'll listen to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra. Just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first... Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, another week, another Fantasy Huskers draft. But first, we got to congratulate our winner for last week. The question last week was, how many first downs does Nebraska get against Michigan? And it ended up being 10? Ended up being 10. 10. It was interesting because I kept giving updates going, well, Nebraska's at 2. It's halftime. Nebraska's at three yep but then you knew it's like okay it's into garbage time anything could happen as soon as we caught up to what was it natalie's with eight yeah it was like now it's at eight any successive first down is going to change our winner because we had eight through 16 yes and then someone had taken 18 on the end ended up with 10 and that's exactly what woods park dennis had said so woods park Park dennis that that's our winner send him a message he'll be able to come in and pick up his prize pack this week all right from alumni hall and valentino's 50 bucks each so nothing to uh nothing to sneeze at there and we're gonna do it again this week so time to look for the first picker for fantasy oscars this week um, let let me tell you first what the question is going to be, and then I'll tell you the keyword. Uh, the question this week, we're going to play a little... Do you ever play the uh, the grid game? We used to do this for the Super Bowl all the time, but maybe for Husker games too, where you pick the last digit, you do a grid, and the last digit of each team. Well, we're going to do that just for the Huskers. So we're going to ask you, very simply, what is the ones digit, the last digit of Nebraska's score? What is the ones digit, the last digit of Nebraska's score during this game. So, for instance, if Nebraska scored 14 points, the correct answer would be four, right? Nebraska scored seven points, the correct answer would be seven. If Nebraska scored 31 points, the correct answer would be one. So, 
this actually shifts the advantage to the early pickers. The late pickers kind of get an advantage as it is right now because you can take large swaths. It's like bidding a dollar kind mm-hmm. of like on the prices, right? Kind of like that, not totally. Uh, but now the last picker is just going to get whatever he or she has left. That's at this right, point, yeah. the Friday, the final Friday picker. So uh, here's what you need to do if you want to pick that digit, that first one. I'm not sure what it will be, seven or probably seven or four or one uh, would be. Well, the so three far that, this oh. year, Nebraska has ended on a zero, a four, a five, a seven, and an eight. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> They've hit half of them so far. I don't know what the science is here exactly. <laughs> Just figure out what you think the score is going to be and then pick that last digit. Uh, but your first keyword is. October. O-C-T-O-B-E-R. October. 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 Text that in to 402-479-1400. We'll pick one of you. Text that in to get pick number one in our digits draft for Fantasy Huskers. Uh, another pick, if you don't get it, at 810 this morning will be given away. All right. So there you go. Uh, coming up, uh, Caleb and I will talk a little bit more about uh, what the game on Saturday sort of means for the rest of the season and, and take a look at, you know, how we evaluate and if we change how we evaluate things for the rest of the season uh, after that game went down the way that it did. All right, let's jump into our sound off now. Well, they got it done. They got the deal done, Caleb. No government shutdown at the last minute. Let's find out more about how that exactly happened. Congress once again kicking the can down the road on government funding now to 45 days. It will keep the government funded uh, at fiscal year 2023 spending levels. It did add $16 billion in disaster relief. Not in this uh, solution is Ukraine aid and border security. Two very important topics for these sparring parties. In fact, Democratic Senator Michael Bennett held up the Senate vote for a few hours over the lack of Ukraine funding, but eventually relented after leaders Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell announced that they will fight for more aid. Okay, so the House voted on it 335 to 91. Uh, 209 Democrats, 126 Republicans voted yes, 90 Republicans voted no, one Democrat uh, voted no on that as well. Um, and then, you know, and then the, the Senate eventually uh, passing that as well. So uh, we will have uh, we will not have a government shutdown. There are people, though, who are not happy with how this thing went, especially in the House, a few people specifically on the House that are so disappointed about how this went down that they said, you know what, we've had it with the Speaker of the House. It's time to make a change. But the tables could be turned on this. Because of a concession made by Speaker McCarthy in the process of entering the position, all it takes is one member of Congress to file a motion to vacate. Congressman Matt Gates said that he plans to do just that this week. It would force a House vote, and if Gates has enough Backing, he could, in theory, remove McCarthy from his post. While sources now tell Fox News that a group of Republican lawmakers will move to oust Gates if he is not cleared of wrongdoing in an ongoing ethics committee investigation into him. A source saying this about the Florida congressman, quote, no one can stand him at this point, a smart guy without morals. Speaker McCarthy says he'll make it out of Gates's effort against him. Um, okay. Wow. Um yeah, that's the whole like call the ambulance, but not for me type situation here. That's right. Go, going on with this, um, yeah, McCarthy is uh, 
un- under some fire here after this, and, and specifically that he said he's going to use a motion to vacate that would strip McCarthy of his office. He said this week, it was on a CNN interview, that he said that it, he would do it this week. We need to move on with new leadership uh, that can be trustworthy. So as as was mentioned there in that clip, any single lawmaker can make that motion here, and it's only been used twice in the last century uh, on this whole thing. And you go back, you remember, uh, Kayla, back in January when they were vote after vote after vote after vote. Do you remember that? Trying to, to get McCarthy for just yeah. for, forever. Um, so the, the uh, that was part of the agreements that were made at that at that point that you could do it with a one single lawmaker to file that motion and so that's what they got at this lawmaker could go on to the house floor can request a vote such a request would force house leaders to schedule a vote on the resolution within two legislative day but there are procedural motions that members of either party could introduce to slow that thing down it's actually never been successful before uh on this now um, does it have the votes to pass? I, I don't. I guess I don't know for sure. The experts are saying it's unclear. Maybe a little bit of reason to be skeptical that it's there, in part because there's no clear consensus candidate to actually take his place, um, and you would need some Democrats to obviously help you with with that thing too to actually make that make that happen. So we'll see. And then and then that doesn't even touch on the Gates thing where. <laughs> Like like before, he may even do this, or maybe an effort to get him out of out of the house. So, going to be a crazy week here in the House of Representatives. Let's see. Uh, let's move on. Oh, an update. Looks like they're coming to the table. Are SAG AFTRA union and the collective bargaining talks that are still going on? When they announced this about the writer strike a few days later, they had a deal. After they kind of ended okay. the impasse of not talking, I'm not saying that's necessarily going to happen here but it feels like that but leading but up to progress it. it sounds like sag after union national director and chief negotiator duncan crabtree ireland who was seen beside president fran drescher as the actors declared they would be hitting the picket lines will meet with negotiators for the first time since they went on strike july 14th both the actors union and the writers had similar goals in their respective walkouts in which the writers maintained they succeeded in achieving actors are looking for contract changes and streaming residuals and control and use of images regarding artificial intelligence and they're also asking for better relocation expenses michelle polino fox News. all right so maybe Maybe because how of the writers' discussions went down once they actually got back to the bargaining table, maybe this means that you're getting closer on this thing, but hard to tell for sure on this. Uh, so how long have you been driving the car that you are driving right now? If you ask people that generally in the United States, it's a lot longer than it used to be. People are hanging on to their cars for longer because of a lot of reasons. Why is that? The average age of cars in American roads, 12 and a half years and getting older, according to S&P Mobility. It's fueled by inflation and insane borrowing costs. The average new car price around $50,000. The average used car just under $30,000. Unaffordable to most, and experts say if you're priced out of the auto buying market, to make sure to do proper maintenance on your older ride to extend its life, and that vehicles over 
over the last couple of decades have been built better and can last a lot longer than our parents' and grandparents' cars. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. Yeah, I had a couple of cars, like, I mean, little, the earliest cars I drove, they were falling apart shortly after they went over 100,000 miles. <laughs> um, I think I'm at, I think I'm at about 150 now Yeah, uh, with my old uh, Highlander that I drive around. Had a car seat been able to fit into my Chevy Cruze, I would likely still have that, and I would be through seven years with it. Seven? Uh, but yeah. we, we got up to a month out from our due date and went, holy crap, the car seat doesn't fit the in The car here. seat did not fit in the car? For someone to sit in the front seat with it. Oh. So, so it's like, well, yeah. That, you had to move the seat up. Okay. So, yeah, so we had to make the change, which ended up working out well because now we can take both dogs both parents and our daughter yeah, yeah. obviously uh, that last one most important yes um yeah mine i've had mine for eight years i hope to get at least two more years out of it so i assume that'll get me over two hundred thousand. uh we'll see knock on wood right now i just just brought it in for another oil change and service but yeah that's kind of i mean that's that's been my strategy for a while is buy a used car buy a slightly used car mm-hmm and then drive that thing into the ground for as many and hopefully ideally you're going 10 years on the thing mm-hmm. that's the, that's the thought and it's always sort of a little bit of peace of mind because i know if i get a ding on it if i get a scrape on it and my car has some like i never i just i just don't freak out i just don't you know that's how, that's how i feel on ours even though we we bought ours new in in 2020 this is what we're going to have like this, right. this is this, this is vehicle. It, yeah. Like there's there's no intentions. I mean, eventually uh, I'll trade it in when it's super high mileage, but it won't matter. Right. You know? So so it's like okay, wife bumped into something. Right. Or I did sometimes <laughs> yeah. too. And yeah, maybe but, you did. May, may, maybe I did. But I look at it and I go, okay. Mm-hmm. Like what what overall right. what does that matter to me to the value yeah. when I'm not actively looking to trade it in? Yeah. No, I've lucked out. Uh, lucked out. I know a lot of people haven't. Just not over the course of the last. Really, I mean, what late in 2020? Now, did you get yours before things went nuts in 2020 with the chips and everything, uh, in terms of the price of uh, cars? So you we, got yours in 2020. We would have picked ours up in September, but that was still. I, it, it actually went. I think it was like 2021. I thought it was 2021. 2021. Because everything really had bad. been rolling for because a while. My son turned 16 in uh, in December of 2020. And so we got he and I uh, went together and um, and bought him a car in like October and November. So about the same time that you did, mm-hmm. and the craziness still hadn't hit then. In fact, we got a really good deal um, on that. But in the months after that, into twenty twenty one, that's when things mm-hmm. really got bad. Yeah, with the with the computer chip shortage and and that kind of stuff. No, so, ours was still where when a lot of the places were having trouble moving new cars. Right, because of the they like know, they just couldn't get cars. People in. weren't people nobody, weren't driving and, anywhere, and, and nobody was trading anything in either. Yeah. So they were just like, "Hey, whatever you have, we will whatever value you can get." Kelly Blue Book, whatever the appraisal is, right? We are going to go above that, right? Yeah, because they needed to move inventory. Yep, but we talked ours down and just paid cash at the time. So, 
Anyway, uh, interesting thing uh, if you're if you're uh, thinking about that. Uh, let's do one final one here. Oh, this is kind of funny. Let's do the uh, weekend box office. The champion of the weekend box office. You're never going to believe it. I don't even know it. what's playing right yeah, now. Yeah, listen. Paw Patrol, the mighty movie, <laughs> claws its way to the top of the weekend oh, box man. office, knocking The Nun 2 out of first place. The animated sequel pulling in $23 million in North American ticket sales on its opening weekend. I Saw 10 takes second place, earning $18 million from theaters in the U.S. and Canada and more than $29 million worldwide. An impressive opening weekend for a film that cost $13 million to make. The creator landing in third place with $14 million, the Disney sci-fi thriller, depicts a war between humans and artificial intelligence. The Nun 2 takes fourth place, adding $4.6 million in its fourth weekend of release. Paul Stevens, Fox News. I feel right. like a lot of those movies don't so we go got, together. We got Paw Patrol. We got the. Did you say Saw 10? Saw 10. That's ridiculous. The Nun 2. The, the Human AI War. A lot of variety there. Way to right go, now. Paw Patrol. This is not the top time of year to release a movie, I'm starting to think. <laughs> All right, it's 6.51. We will take a break. It was an LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Hear the Huskers, home and away. Now streaming live on the KLIN app and at KLIN.com. It's time for Tom's Talk on 1499.3 KLIN. Today, I'm going to focus on a resource that's based right here in Lincoln that you have likely heard of but might not know too much about. It's called Nebraska Task Force 1, one of 28 urban search and rescue teams that FEMA operates across the country. Now, the task force is designed to respond to incidents in Nebraska and across the country that have been overwhelmed by a major disaster like an earthquake or hurricane. Now, the man in charge of that task force is LFR Battalion Chief Brad Thavinette. He refers to the USR teams as the nation's 911 system for catastrophic events. Davinette says all of the equipment they need for a variety of responses is kept in a large storage building near the Lincoln Airport. Hurricane, a structural collapse or building collapse like a Surfside, Oklahoma City bombing, 9-11. Lincoln uh, just happens to be the home of Nebraska Task Force 1 and, and Lincoln Fire specifically. The city of Lincoln is the sponsoring agency. Davinette says they're always preparing for the next disaster, so the task force members are ready to roll on a moment's notice. Once we're notified of a catastrophic event or uh, an event coming in like a hurricane and we get activated by Washington, we have four hours to get all the personnel from Omaha, Council Bluff Fire, obviously Lincoln, potentially Grand Island, and our civilians uh, into the warehouse, get them processed, get them put on the vehicles and out the door. Davinette tells me there are about 175 members of the Search and Rescue Task Force, and they come from different backgrounds. From not only uh, Lincoln Fire, we draw from Omaha Fire, Council Bluffs, Papillion, Grand Island. We also have a beret of uh, civilians because we take our own heavy equipment operators. We have emergency room physicians, and a, a majority of our canines are civilian canine handlers, which uh, mm-hmm. are within the state of Nebraska and some just on the other side in, into Iowa. Davinette has seen a lot in his near two decades in his fire service career and he's been sent to many places last year he was part of a 45 member team that responded to hurricane fiona in puerto rico that was the first time the task force ever responded to a disaster 
outside the continental United States. Not only that, we were the first team to arrive on Puerto Rico uh, last year when there were East Coast teams that were uh, dispatched and activated ahead of us. And so I think the ability for us to manipulate our equipment into a load plan that can be airlifted over at Duncan Aviation, over at the airfield, and airlifted right into Puerto Rico. And there have been other challenges over the years, including Hurricane Harvey in 2017. It was long days of doing the outstanding work of of evacuating people, rescuing people as the water just kept coming, you know, into the Houston, Beaumont area. Personally, uh, I would say Surfside, the tower collapsed years back in Miami. That uh, was definitely a challenge with the amount of destruction in such a small footprint, the amount of missing uh, individuals that uh, we were held to account for. Davinette just recently returned to Nebraska from Maui, where he coordinated federal and state resources in the search for human remains following the wildfires back in August. Despite all of the death and destruction he's witnessed, Davinette says it's a very fulfilling job. You get to interact with individuals at their lowest time, and you provide some sort of comfort, whether it's finding a deceased individual that brings closure to a family, you're able to rescue their pet uh, and bring that out uh, with them and stuff. So I think it's just the fulfillment of doing that. Davinette says all of the equipment and training that they provide to the task force members is funded through FEMA, so that means taxpayers are not on the hook. Knowing that uh, a department, especially in times of tight budgets, for an agency to have to go purchase some specialized equipment like we hold on the task force would just be astronomical. That equipment they may see in Florida or at a hurricane is actually available in-house right here in Lincoln and been utilized in Crete, it's been utilized in Omaha, it's been utilized on the streets of Lincoln. Davinette says they are prepared for any type of disaster. In their warehouse, they have three tractor trailers, two box trucks, two Suburbans, a couple of three-quarter ton pickups, and a one-ton pickup. They also have two ATVs and six boats for water rescue operations, along with 80,000 pounds of equipment. Hear Tom's Talk Saturdays at noon and Mondays at 6.55. Or listen to the podcast anytime at KLIN.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome back on your Monday morning. 
the 2nd of October, 2023. 67 degrees in the capital city. One more day in the 90s. Okay, I think I can say it without jinxing it this time. This has got to be the last day in the 90s in 2023, (laughs) right? It's got to be. Well, I'd hope, considering we're supposed to drop like 10 degrees tomorrow and then 8 from Tuesday to Wednesday for the highs. Right, right. And by the time Friday gets here, your high is going to be 61, and you'll be pining for the 90s. Uh, I don't know about that. That might be taking it a little bit far, know. but yeah, one more, one more day of this. Uh, I'll tell you what, sitting in Memorial Stadium on Saturday in one of the areas that was not shaded. Mm-hmm. That was a little, uh, little toasty. Over that there. was, that was gross. Just the whole, the whole thing, the, the game, the weather, the, and and then at uh, at at one point at halftime I was like okay well we were allowed to bring a water bottle in because it was hot a mm-hmm. sealed water bottle uh, and so I was like all right I'm at least gonna go just get a refill on this thing the line at the drinking fountain <laughs> the the good news is there was no line at the concession stand there was no line to the bathroom there was no line to any of huh. those but the line at the drinking fountain was insane and so i was like i'll just be thirsty i'm hearing stadium renovation needs more that there you go think about that trev some more drinking fountains Mm -hmm. or or faster working drinking can we get some retractable awnings man uh some soccer stadiums do that don't they where they have you know those those things that basically shade the the top levels but nonetheless it uh (laughs) Added insult to injury, I suppose, or injury to insult. I'm not sure exactly how it went with Nebraska. Injury to injury. Uh, with Nebraska, just uh, you know, uh, running into not only a really good team, but nothing going right, m- making some mistakes. It's just Caleb. It was the a no good, very bad day for Nebraska football. And you know, I, I just I don't know. There, there's a few ways to look at it, I guess. It, you know, maybe it is a really a measuring stick game when you're talking about how close Nebraska is to the best teams in the conference and it's a reality check. And maybe everybody knew this. I mean, I think very, very, very few people thought Nebraska was A, or going to win or even keep it super close. I mean, our predictions on Friday morning kind of showed that for the most uh-huh. part, although this went further than I thought yeah. it would be and makes you wonder yeah. does this mean Nebraska is even further away than you thought they they would be um i don't know j- your your general thoughts like what is there any d- like do you have a takeaway like that for this game after after seeing it does it change i guess how you how you think of this team now i think the the, the biggest change in and i know there was the level of competition in what their running games were for the first four games but i think it, it takes where we're thinking of nebraska's defense as potentially top 15 run defense by the end of the year. And I think they're still in that 15 range. Um, I think the biggest takeaway I have is that as you're going to see some better run teams down the stretch here in the, these these final seven games, is that I think Nebraska is going to sit somewhere top 25, which is still not bad. Top 25, top 30, compared to, to what the team realistically has been for the last several years. That's not bad. So so my biggest takeaway was that this is what it looks like when you're trying to look at a program on where you want to get to. And you lined up against them year one with your new head coach. How far away are you? Mm-hmm. 
it still looks pretty far. Mm-hmm. You, you you can see the bodies at just about every single position. You can see what it looks like when you've got a well-oiled machine that wants to call plays on offense, that they have the guys that can do what they want to do on offense and on defense and on special teams. And they, they just have all those guys because they're in year nine with a head coach and they've had success. Nebraska's in year one, so you're able to look at that and go, where do you want to be? That's obviously where you want to be. How do you get there? And and Matt Rule talked afterwards. They're going to recruit. They're going to develop. They're going to coach these guys. Uh, but the biggest takeaway from Saturday for the rest of this season was the passing game does exist, right? Like like, like that. They weren't able to run the ball. The weird, the, the weird, maybe single <laughs> positive of this game. Oddly enough, yeah. And and I know that the first pass was batted, and then right. of course. The way the ball bounces, they're able to pick it off. <laughs> you just don't see it up there a whole lot when when Nebraska gets a hand on a ball and you're like, just two two yards that other right, direction, right. and a guy is right there to yeah, potentially. Yeah, intercept Michigan it. drops a punt and it bounces right back into his own hands, <laughs> and also gets Nebraska out of their lanes, so he's get, able to get a big return yeah. on that whole. So, thing. so there, my biggest takeaway is that there is something there with the offense on on passing the ball. We we know they can find a way to get a little bit of the run game going, but the to to find some alleys where you can get that passing game. That, to me, was encouraging because you're not going to be able to just run the ball. This is not an offense that is so good running the ball that they're going to be able to to stay one-dimensional. The fact that they were able to do some things passing it, and that's including Heinrich Harburg just flat-out missed a couple of guys, and a couple other guys flat-out dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so there, there was some encouragement within all of that that – as good as that Michigan defense is, Nebraska was not inept on offense. Just obviously, you got to be pretty good to score right. on this team. Right, yeah, um, it, which which we've seen throughout the year. Um, so, well, well, then I guess I have another question, which I think there are injuries we're waiting to hear about again here on a Monday, unfortunately. It seems like every Monday that we've had potentially serious injuries we're waiting on. Uh, what Deshaun well, Singleton? Deshaun, one. Deshaun Singleton, who was in a knee brace on the sideline, he left pretty early. Also, an update on Luke Reimer. This was one where, yeah. at the time when we had talked with Matt Rule on Thursday, he had he had indicated that they were all full go. Reimer was going to play, and then we got to Saturday, and it was going to be a little bit more of a game time decision for Cam Lenhart. We got to Saturday, and both of those two were out. Lenhart and Reimer were out. We're just going, okay, right, or Lenhard didn't come back. And then everyone's looking around, and you just never really saw Reimer. And mm-hmm. I, I asked him about it after the game, and apparently he, uh, they had woken up in the morning, gone to breakfast, and Reimer was in some pain, and they said they weren't sure if it was a, a reaction or or there was something going on with an infection. So just said, hey, he's not playing today. Just get him to the hospital and get him taken care of. So that's where he was during the game. Wow. Which which comes as a, like, that that doesn't sound good. So today, hoping around noon when we hear from Matt Rule that we get an update on Reimer. When I hear that from Saturday, I'm not expecting him to play this Friday against Illinois. Give him some extended rest. Oh, boy. And it didn't look good for Singleton, uh, but we don't know. Um, Yeah. Did I miss any others? Uh, no other significant ones, I think. Well, no, still waiting to to get a, a fully healthy Jeff Sims. What and what what true. that does for the quarterback room? You you rode. Yeah, with, you didn't see Sims at. I thought maybe you'd see Sims at some point, but you you, didn't. you rode with Harburg all the way to the end of the game. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
Now, now talking about the end of the game, this was something that I liked, and I know some Michigan fans were booing at the very end. Oh, brother! But but Wah. I went, okay, guys, you're you're up by a bajillion. None of this matters. Just have your guy. This is going to help your team out too. At some point, you might have to defend this. But for Nebraska to go in, hey, hit a couple of of passes. Use the whole field because you've got your timeouts. Call that timeout. Set up a Hail Mary play. Can he get it to the goal line? Where do your guys run? Now they have it on tape against a, a defense that they don't practice with. Mm-hmm. Okay, how did they flow to the Hail Mary right. ball? What what other lanes should you have maybe had somebody yeah. run? Now you have it all on tape. Ran the onside kick. I said, good. It hurts you nothing by Michigan having that field pos- position there. Yeah. Run these things in a game setting that is still different. Like you can practice it all you want. It's still different when you line up against dudes that you don't know and if, run those plays. If that's the worst thing that happened to the Michigan fan during that day <laughs> is that their team had to wait through a timeout before winning to 45-7, we should all be so lucky to be you. Michigan, jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, let's talk about the schedule, Caleb, coming up. And it's like like you said, it's a little hard because you don't boy. Before I get to that, just I know we just went over it, but the the injuries have been just ridiculous this year. And departures, but mm-hmm. just when you're you're talking about all of the two wide receivers, two running backs, the starting quarterback. Now, I mean Multiple people in the secondary. Now Luke Reimer. Now I mean some of the best players on on defense. And luckily they're, they're deep on defense. But yeah. man, it has just been it's been a bad, bad, bad year for injuries for Nebraska. And you know, not necessarily an excuse, but it's it does does play into what the potential is here at this point when you keep having your best players yeah. either go down or. Uh, in previous cases of the year, ended up not with the team. So, and it's even tougher now that you're going to turn around short week, play on a Friday on the road against a, a team that's also had their issues to where they need this one pretty bad. It's yeah. not just a oh, if you don't get it, you're still pretty good getting to a bowl game. Illinois needs this one, and then for Nebraska post Illinois, you get into a bye week. Try to get some guys healthy. Yes, but you got to get to this one first. Yep. you can't be looking ahead to some time off. Yeah, you look at Nebraska's schedule going forward now, um, uh, and at Illinois on Friday. Okay, Illinois just came off getting losing pretty badly to Purdue, uh, who had had their struggles already this year. Uh, Illinois won in Week One against, I believe, it was Kent State, a MAC team that they mm-hmm. needed kind of a a miracle play there to get that win. At this point, it just hasn't been. They got they got beat pretty good by Kansas. Hasn't been a good year at all for Illinois. It, it like an un, even though they lost a lot on defense, it's been an unexpectedly bad year, I think, for Brett Bielema and Illinois. And uh, they're going to come in as slight favorites against Nebraska, but, yeah. it's, but it's slight. And then Northwestern comes into Lincoln. I mean, you know, we know about Northwestern. They did get a win against Minnesota, though. So they're obviously and started out surprisingly well. They against haven't Penn mailed State. in the season. Credit to them for that. Um, and then and then you've got Purdue coming in, and it's you know it's just and then you go to Michigan State, who did almost beat Iowa, but they've also got their issues as well. So that's really four games in a row where, um, man. Nebraska's wildly imperfect at this point, and the teams that they're playing are wildly imperfect at this point. And so, what happens? You know, right. I don't know. You could, I mean, I think you could probably make a case for any outcome in all four of those games, right. probably. Yeah. Sands the Michigan State game. I know we had 
talked about this a little bit on the Friday Husker tailgate, but then I, I went ahead and I tweeted it Saturday evening as well. October is going to define this season. Those three games plus a bye week, can you, can you get guys healthy? If you go 2-1 and one or better over the course of October, that sets you up. At that point, you're at four wins, and you need two going into November. So the way October sets up for you, you can either get to November and it look like hell, mm-hmm. or it can feel very intriguing needing to get two wins out of Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, that's still a f- sort of a tall ta- oh, task. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Given this but season, it, although Iowa now they might have lost their starting quarterback here right? at this point with an offense that's yeah, he already carted off. That did not look great. And so you've got you've got that situation. But there there still well. remains the the potential over the course of this month just because of because of these teams. Yeah, because of Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, and everything that's going into their seasons and their programs and stuff off the field, it's not outside the the, the realm of possibility for Nebraska to go three and zero, and then you get to November and you need one, right? And you and you find one and you feel good and there's momentum, and and you get go to a, a Michigan State team that's got issues, yeah. So there, there, there's a lot still. Like, I said, on, like it doesn't feel good. Forty-five to seven doesn't feel good. And you heard heard Matt Rule say that sucked. Oh, pardon my language, that stunk. Yeah, but there is still so much more in front of this program for this season. Yeah, I mean, and it's all just given given the schedule. There's almost anything that's possible here. It still feels like. It it really does. Now Nebraska can't keep losing players to injury. That's that's for darn sure, um, and they mm-hmm. get a ton to improve. But I, there's not a whole lot of outcomes in. I'm throwing Michigan State in that group of games with October two. Um, there's not a whole lot of outcomes that would be completely shocking to me. I don't think. Uh, uh, in probably probably save for huge blowouts in either direction. Steve Texan, while you guys make as many excuses for the team as Rule does, they suck. So does the rest of their schedule. Wait, wait. Did was there an excuse? I, I don't know what excuses we were making. They got beat. Like, like, we said it, they, they got beat handily. Michigan is way better than them. I don't. Is that an excuse to say a team is better than another one? Um, they have better players. Is that an excuse that they have worse they, players? I don't know what to. I mean, Michigan's way better than them at what, this at this point. That's why I started the whole segment off. Is that was a measuring stick, and you found out you were way further behind. Than maybe maybe some of us thought right. it, at it, this point, and it's not a measuring stick for this season. It's a measuring stick for for a program and where you want to be right. ultimately at some season down the road. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I have uh, I don't know that I have an an excuse really. It's just yeah, it's not it's not going well. I don't know what's going to happen in the next four games. I think they could go either way. And, that's and, and, kind of my and still that's to say the rest of the schedule is not like it's not daunting. You're not looking at this going, they are out of every one of these games because of how good the rest of the schedule is. Yeah. If the schedule was different, you could, you might feel that way. Right. <laughs> you might you might feel that way if that Yeah, if the they case. had Ohio State and Penn State all coming up, yeah. sure. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, so Friday night, and Friday, that game's a unique Friday night start against Illinois. 7 o'clock kickoff, 3 o'clock, o'clock pregame here on KLIN. All right, not long till they get back on the field. All right, we'll grab a break right now at 724. Caleb's got a full sportscast coming up next. You listen to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. 
Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's get things started today with number five. Governor Jim Pillen approved emergency regulations submitted by the Department of Health and Human Services relative to the Let Them Grow Act. The regulations became effective yesterday as the act went into law. The process to implement final regulations will begin now and proceed under the Administrative Procedures Act. We've got the uh, temporary uh, emergency regulations, a link to them posted at KLIN.com. So this is essentially a interim, an interim set of rules, correct? Correct. correct. Um, so minimum number of therapeutic hours. And, and by the way, so you, just to take people back so they understand what we're talking about, and to let them grow bill was it was originally a discussion about uh, bans on surgical procedures and non-surgical procedures as well the bill ended up for being people under 19 for people under 19 thank you yes for for minors um the bill ended up uh, banning the surgical procedures but allowing the chief medical officer to make regulations am i saying this correct as it pertains to the non-surgical yes. interventions correct that's correct so so they had that hadn't happened yet and they they're, they're going to have the the process of that there's going to be a hearing about that but the current regulations require a minimum number of therapeutic hours prior to care uh define g- uh, gender dysphoria and gender nonconformity they set guidelines to reform informed patient consent and mandate a waiting period between consent and prescription for this these could stay they could change they could be affected uh and that would happen in uh, over the course of the next month or two correct well actually it'll probably take uh, several months because the hearing is scheduled november 28th and that's where the final proposal will be presented but they'll take public comment there as well as written proposals and then use those to shape the final regulations which right. could or could be changed or maybe left alone what I I don't have an answer to this, um, and I know there were still you know some people at the Capitol that were mad. That that's the wrong way to say. It. There were some people at Capitol who were um, demonstrating yesterday. I wonder what the reaction is to. I mean, there's a clear pathway here that's set out essentially to get these. Um, and look, I understand that there was strong opposition to the legislation existing at all. But I wonder if there's any level of pleasant surprise here uh, among those who were opponents of the bill in general. 
uh, about what these are. Uh, essentially, what I'm saying is they didn't come out and ban it <laughs> at this point, and I wonder if there was some thought that that was actually what was going to essentially happen with this whole thing. Well, yeah, that's yeah. I think you're probably yeah, right on that. A couple of state legislators uh, have uh, sounded off. The Nebraska Examiner talked to State Senator John Fredrickson. Um, he is a mental health provider, by the way, and opposed the bill itself. Um, he said the emergency rules leave a lot of unanswered questions, and the one-size-fits-all approach, such as the therapy hours, is not how medicine works. Okay. So Interesting. But I know the examiner quoted ACLU. It said that, that they had said, while the regulations were helpful... Grant, this is Grant Friedman of the ACLU. Regulations are helpful. It's not the job of the legislature to re- regulate doctor-patient decisions. Essentially, saying we have, we oppose in principle the bill, although right called the regulations helpful. So, uh, Doctor Tesmer, Timothy Tesmer, is the uh, state medical officer. He's working with a, a fairly large group, as I understand it, of medical professionals, uh, and also you know not just uh, medical, but also. Uh, other pros in this area, and they're actually crafting the regulations. It's part of a, a broader effort by Dr. Pismer to uh, get these put together. All right, moving on. Number four. Woman arrested for posing as the mother of the 26-year-old man uh, who posed as a student at LPS, attended 54 days of high school uh, Northwest and Southeast. Angela Navarro posed as his mother to register him, and she's uh, four years younger than he was. 22. Yeah. This thing still continues to get more and more bizarre, and more of an extensive effort to to accomplish, you know, whatever it was. I know there are some allegations against him that he had um, sought inappropriate material from some of the other students, uh, illegal and inappropriate material from from some of the other students but yeah actually to the point he he somehow convinced uh uh someone four years younger than him to appear as his mother uh so to get him registered for high school and play this long basically this long con that went on for a long time um and there's all it's hard not to have tons of questions about why in the heck number one why in the heck did this all happen how did it happen? How did they get away with it for as long as as they did on this whole thing? Um, and then I think in in her case, you know, it, was she, you know, was was she a victim of this thing or was she a, a you know, a, a, a perpetrator per- of this a, whole a thing? willing participant? Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's probably the question. And I, you know, I know she already had an initial hearing, and I think you're going to get the sense from her attorneys that she was essentially one, another one of the victims in this whole thing. Jake himself has turned 27. He uh, was 26 when this all happened, but he's facing uh, 15 felony charges with wow. uh, victims now totaling 13 different victims. Really? Yeah. Wow. They're all right, big, big investigation. Yeah. All right, moving on. Number two. Is this it for the heat? Well, for the extreme heat, I guess we'll call it for the fall. Yeah, 90s today, low 90s. Uh, high fire danger today because the winds are going to pick up again today out of the south, 15 to 20, gusting 25 to 30. So high fire danger. Start to back off of the temperatures beginning tomorrow. By Wednesday, we're back to about normal. And by Friday, we're below normal. When are we going to get some precipitation? Possibly tomorrow. Okay, good. 
good, good, good. That right ahead of this uh, major cold front that's moving through that's going to drop temperatures over the course of the next four days. So it's going to feel like, because I know we, we had it before where it was so hot and it would rain and it was just hot and then it just stayed hot. Yeah. But what, what I would typically want is that storm to come through when it's hot. The storm comes through and then it cools off. 15, 20 degrees. That's about what's going to happen because the winds of the south today, once this cold front moves through, they're switching to the northwest. And by Friday, uh, maybe Saturday morning, my gut tells me we'll have wind chills below 32. Ooh. Yeah, that'll be, I mean, we're going to switch from 90s to frost. And boy, those those winds are going to be out of the northwest, it sounds like, on Friday, gusting way up there. And you know what this is just in time for, guys? Back-to-back Saturdays to hit up those pumpkin patches with no Husker football. <laughs> you want the pumpkin patches? You want a little apple picking? You got back-to-back weekends. I'm on uh, <laughs> lincolnweather.unl.edu. I'm checking it out. The latest day that uh, Lincoln, Nebraska saw 90 degrees or higher. Any guesses on what that would be? Oh, it's sometime middle of October, I think. October 23. October 20th was the uh, latest day. 90 degrees uh, it did it did get up to. Mm-hmm. That's So, that said, no guarantees, not walking across the city, none of that. This has got to be the last day with a high of 90 of the year. I think you're pretty safe on that one. You could throw some guarantees out there. No, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, my, my, my days of walking across the city... Uh, <laughs> Hey, I have got two words for you. Yes. Come on. Come on. No. Come on. Number two. Lincoln East is going to do a pilot test of a vape detection device in student restrooms. They want to decrease vaping. And the district may uh, see how this one goes and maybe consider rolling it out. So, apparently... uh, they used some of the funding from a, the settlement of a civil case with uh, Jewel, right? And I didn't even know these things existed, but apparently they can sense when people are in a bathroom vaping it up, and uh, it'll it'll send them. At- now the issue is, what what is the process if you've got multiple people in a bathroom, right? At one point, and somebody's in a in a stall doing it, and you got eight people who were in the bathroom at the time, or something like that. I know then they're, they're, they said they're going to investigate and go through that process. That could be a little bit. I'm not. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it or anything like that, but um, that'll be a little bit, a little bit different. But they're going to put. Apparently, they're going to put signs up um, that says, "Hey, just so you know, we're going to be able to tell if you're doing this at that point." Uh, the Journal Star's article on this had some interesting numbers about this. Uh, in the 2017-2018 school year, 140 students, I think this is throughout LPS, 140 students were caught with vaping products. In 2019 to 2020, that went up to 376, wow, over, over doubling. And that was pre-pandemic. So, And they are, fair to say, if you look on the streets, how available... These are at the vape shops and those sorts of things. They've skyrocketed since that time as well, and, and so and to be uh, you know a, a little bit caustic on this, 
they're also available probably on the black market. I mean, just think of the number of vape stores that have been burglarized. Yeah. With significant amounts of product taken, right? Uh, that stuff can uh, be is, sold under the guise of whatever. Is this? Um, yeah, I, it's, this is probably isn't a fair comparison to make, so I'm not really making the comparison necessarily. But it does. It did make me remember when we were talking about the controversy at the beginning of the school year with Crete. Do you remember that right. when they were doing the testing Random for drug, drug tobacco, drugs, alcohol, um, all of those things, and had consequences? For with random testing, I'm not saying this is the same as that, but this because this is also only activities that are going on on school grounds, mm-hmm. essentially. And so, I suppose the I don't, I, like I wondered if anybody would have a problem, any parents or anybody would have a problem with this in terms of it being some kind of a violation. I doubt it. I don't think so because it's a di- very different situation. I think than that, but we'll be interesting to see how. Uh, First of all, if they work, they actually stop stop people from doing this because it's been a huge problem. I, I know uh, that's been an issue for quite some time. All right, let's finish this thing up with number one. Federal student loan payments resume. Uh, federal student payments resuming in October for the first time in three years. All right. You may recall payments and interest were suspended in March of 2020 due to the pandemic. Uh, borrower, borrowers can check their balance and payments due by logging into their account. 12-month grace period actually still available for borrowers who struggle to make their initial payments. Well, hopefully, hopefully some of you who are in that situation were able to make some payments without interest and get ahead of mm-hmm. that thing. Uh, that's the that's the hope with that. Um, I don't know what it is like because I'm in one of those super random, less than a thousand of us in the country who <laughs> consolidated sp- our spouses that consolidated our our student loans. You brave few. We are not eligible for anything that happens. Now, they did they did pass a bill last Congress uh, and the president signed it that you can actually now decouple these spousally consolidated loans, which is frankly more for people who got divorced than it is for people like me because that's a real problem for uh for a lot of folks but nonetheless yeah back to uh back to real life and paying these loans after three plus years i I am happy that that it allowed me to pay off some some other loans that i had for private student loans not federal ones so i was able to just instead of making the payments there just got some other stuff completely paid off but but yeah, now it's like, all right, now it's back to this. Yep, yep, back to the... So there was no interest accrual for the three years either? Nope, no payments, no interest accrual. Yeah, I think a lot of people, if they were able to, like I said, they tried to to pay that thing down. Why? I, I just... <laughs> yeah. I've never had a student loan, and only one... Uh, our uh, oldest daughter had one when she took uh, went to grad school. Yeah. Well, they're about uh, all interest, so... Yeah. <laughs> She paid it off in about a year and a half. Good. Well, good. It's close to me. I'm going to pay mine off in about 40 and a half years. So you rounded up. Speaking <laughs> of 40 years, it yes. Was yesterday, 40 years. 40 years of what? Marriage. Oh, really? Yes. Congratulations. Yay! Made it. You made it. Wow. Your marriage is now over the hill. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me he didn't say that when he said happy anniversary. 
I'll uh, go back to the newsroom. All right. Well, congratulations to uh, Mark and Lisa. 40 years of married bliss. So 1983, huh? Yep. 1983. I'd like to see a picture of that. What were the honest. highlights in 1983? Of the year? Yeah. I wasn't around. I don't know. Well, we got married. We moved. Got new jobs. So, you know, for us, that was that was enough. Trying to think what else happened. Well, Scarface was released. Um, <laughs> You're really bad at The Return right of the Jedi okay, was yeah. big in 1983. Cool. Nebraska football went unbeaten and then lost to Miami. 83 was an okay year. It was an okay, it was an okay year. There you go. Orioles won the World Series. They did? In 83? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's got to be the first World Series I don't remember. Uh, I believe the Super Bowl that year would have been Washington and the Raiders. 1983 Super Bowl. Uh, or did that happen after the 82 season? Yeah, it was after 19. Uh, Washington and the Raiders? Or was that the Bengals from 49 After the 82 season was Redskins-Dolphins. Okay. All right. I can go Redskins. Okay, Dolphins. Washington Dolphins, please. Then Washington yes, Raiders yes, yes. was after was after the 83 season. After the 84 season was... 49ers and Dolphins, 85 season was Broncos and Giants, 86 season, 85 season was Bears and Patriots, 86 season was Broncos Congrats and Giants, Congrats to Mark and Lisa. season Hi. was the Washington you, and Broncos, 88 was the 49ers, okay, I can go a while. Alright, 754, it's a morning drive, brought to you by Stonebridge, I lose it in the mid-2000s though, uh, brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. To the Huskers, home and away. Welcome to KLIN. Now streaming live on your Amazon device. And at KLIN.com. I will now connect you to the live stream. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. You know, we don't normally do, uh, we used to do celebrity birthdays on this show a long, long time ago, but kind of a notable one. Uh, Jimmy Carter turns 99, former president Jimmy Carter turns 99 today. Wow. Um, wasn't wasn't it a year ago or so? Both and and is Rosalind still alive too? Uh, it's a while ago. They were both on hospice care. I thought mm-hmm. I saw a video just recently though. I can't even remember where it was. Where they someone was driving them around in a parade and um. It's yeah. been seven months on hospice. Seven months on hospice care. So, but ninety nine, ninety nine years old. Uh, only president of the United States to have graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy. Interesting little little bit of information there. All right, coming up during the 8 o'clock hour, Tim Herza will join us, talk some Nebraska news and politics. We'll probably get into these uh, regulations that uh, came out on the Let Them Grow Act and the reaction to that and more. And then uh, Mike Schaefer, we'll see what he thought about Nebraska's performance against Michigan and what it portends for the rest of this season for the Big Red. So that's all coming up. It is 8 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. From Ofgren. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, before we get to... Tim Ruza, it's time for another keyword, Fantasy Huskers. Keyword to get pick number two is... Opportunity. O-P-P-O-R-T-U-N-I-T-Y. Opportunity. Opportunity. And you text that in. Uh, you are up in the running for getting that second pick in Fantasy Huskers. Uh, the question we're asking you is, what will be the ones digit, the final digit of Nebraska's score? Uh, for the game. So, for instance, if they have 23 points, the one's digit is, is three. If they have seven points, the one's digit is seven. What is that? It's kind of like one of those grid games that you sometimes yep. play for uh, for a football game. So, uh, seven is off the board. Yeah, Holmes like Doug took seven took, with took the seven first seven right pick. away. And we kind of flipped the script a little bit. Usually, you could argue it's a little advantageous to be one of the last picks in this game. Uh, because you have all the other picks laid out, and you can do it a little strategically. Definitely advantageous to be one of the top picks this week. Yeah, because you're, you're, you're going to get to the, the very end of this week and go, well, there's a two sitting there. Right. Yes. Not to say that someone else might not, uh, but not then, like two earlier on. But when Nebraska wins 42-7, to you'll be happy. There it all is. All right, let's go to the phones. Tim Haruza. Tim, I have to say things like that to make myself feel happy. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing well, Jack. I uh, I am right there with you, but I have never, I don't know that I've ever screamed so loud as I did uh, on that touchdown <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> so, so, it was a so, super, so. super sad thing, but we found, our group found a ton of joy in breaking that shutout. That's so. true. That's good. <laughs> that is good. I was happy. And it was to... a big fun play too, right? That's true. Not like, you know what? It fixed the whole day. Little... Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Uh, right. sounds so miserable. I, I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying. Uh, all right, Tim. Yeah, I know what'll get rid of my misery. Let's talk about some politics. That always does the trick. Um, yeah, straight straight from sports to politics. <laughs> so, uh, can you help us help us kind of understand here a little bit of um, what's happened now in terms of the, I guess, like administratively written regulations temporarily and then i guess permanently is still coming as it pertains to the let them grow act i i I believe the bill originally allowed for non-surgical interventions to be to be governed and and have some administrative rules made up um uh by by the chief medical officer and so uh we're getting into that process now but give us a little background on exactly what is happening here because this has uh been in the news here the last 24 hours Sure. Uh, last 24 hours because it, we just found out it was happening. Right. <laughs> uh, as the bill, 
So uh, rewind, and maybe we'll start with just a little bit of context on the legislation and how it played out, just a refresher for folks. And um, I kind of forget how it all came to be, too. But the bill was sort of stalled for a little while, and they were concerned about whether they would even pass something. And you might remember um, there was a group of senators that really wanted to provide a pathway to some sort of care, not prohibiting all care. Um, will they or won't they have the vote? Ultimately, what, what they did was they, they had... They ended up amending the bill sort of to allow for treatment um, in accordance with rules as prescribed or rules and regulations as prescribed by the Board of Medicine. Um, I think most obviously that was enough to get folks who had concerns to vote for the legislation. But there was there was a lot of people on the other side that who were arguing too, like, hey, you can't do this and expect these kids to be able to get treatment because. If the Board of Medicine doesn't act and there are no rules or regulations put in place to allow or guidelines under which you can get certain types of treatment, then then nobody can get treatment yeah. as of the effective date of the act, right? So they kind of put that effective date out on October 1 and said, hey, that'll give us some time to look at things. And I think people were, you know, understandably, you know, uh, skeptical. Like, could that get done? Will that get done? Is this sort of a bait and switch? Will they drag their feet? Will it take a year or two years to, to get the regulations right? I think there were a lot of questions about whether that would happen. You saw yesterday an emergency order, um, emergency rules and regulations offered by the Board of Health, um, the Board of Medicine or Director of Medicine, right? Uh, mm-hmm. the medical officers of the state put out rules and regulations that what, no matter your feelings on this issue, no matter what you feel, it at least allows access to some treatment um, under those, in accordance with those rules and regulations, where a lot of folks, and I think the, the reality would be without those emergency orders, you wouldn't be able to get any. Um, so I think it's, it's a surprise. I think it's surprising. I think it's a good faith move on behalf of the administration and on behalf of the chief medical officer. Um, I don't know enough <laughs> about the details of what they say and how, how impactful they are and how they will affect folks. Um, obviously, like I said, I think it was a bit of a surprise move at the last minute. And here's the other thing too, Jack, um, these aren't the final ones right there. It's an emergency order from the, the chief medical officer, but you have to suspect that if these went into place on an emergency basis, that this is sort of the direction they intend to go with the final rules, um, as that process continues to play out. Well, yeah, that's what I wondered is what now, now that you've got these, and maybe a surprise to some, maybe not. I, it, it kind of was to me. It sounds like a little bit. It might have been to you, too. But, like, how does this impact what the process going forward? Like, I know there's a public hearing on this. It'll be interesting to see what the discussion is because the overriding, I mean, obviously the overriding thought um, by, you know, by people who oppose the bill is that the bill should have never been passed and it should never have been in the purview of the executive branch to make these decisions, but the bill has been passed now at this point, and that is in their purview at this point. I, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm curious what the whole kind of feeling around this discussion is going to be because I'm sure when they have a public hearing uh, about this thing, it's at the event center. Uh, it'll be very well attended. There'll be a lot of people there with a lot of thoughts on this. Well, you've got you've got some quotes coming out from legislators and from leaders in the area, and I think. To your point, Jack, I think that's sort of probably where the conversation about it goes, right? We've got these temporary emergency rules in place. I have 
the process will allow for them to release proposed rules and then get feedback and comment at a public hearing and there's a period of time and then they got to be reviewed and approved by the attorney general and all that just as you do with any rules and regulations promulgated by an agency um, of the state what i think will be with these rules in place and unless unless you start hearing and i have not heard over the last 24 hours or seen on social media or in the media in the news like I've not heard real objections to what's in there outside of um, some quotes that you're seeing come out that say, look, you know, 40 hours, there's no magic number for therapy. There's no, there's no magic number that you can follow. You need to let doctors and patients sort of make the decisions that are best for them. And, and I think, I think those talking points in that response, that's what you're, that's what you hear. I don't think it's an unreasonable response to have if you support, providing that care for, for the kids who need it. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't know that you're going to hear a lot of large substantive objections. It's going to be, we shouldn't have this in the first place. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so, and so we'll go through the process and I, yeah, I suspect you'll have a fairly large hearing. Um, you had a rally yesterday. I don't know how many people showed up, but on the effective date of the bill, um, it'll continue. And, and you know what, Jack, as we've talked before, the subject is going to get turned to again next session as we talk about kind of transgender athletes in schools and those sorts of things, which has been forecast now for, for months as being a central topic or piece of legislation for next session in come January. I, what I wondered is, and was going to turn the page to that issue too, the next session, but I wondered if there was going to be a contingent that said, hey, these, these uh, actually these regulations are still too permissive on this and that if there might be a legislative effort to go back and say hey okay actually we don't you know we don't want this i mean i know the bill originally didn't put it in the purview of the chief medical officer but could this bring perhaps some legislation from the right on this thing or some reaction at least from the right on this thing you have you heard anything like that i think it's too it's too early for me to have heard anything um it's too early like i said if you start to hear some stu- substantive concerns, and I kind of mentioned maybe from the medical pr- professionals objecting to them, but to your point, Jack, yeah, you might start hearing some substantive concerns from the people who say it is too permissive. I don't know enough about what's in the details. Like I said, I know yeah. I know there's like a 40-hour therapy requirement, and, and this is all, and I, I think you sort of mentioned it at the outset, but this is all non-surgical interventions, right? So this is your the hormone therapy and those sorts of things that you might be prescribing. Um, to allow somebody right. to, to, to get treatment um, for the conditions. And then there's definitions included in there. And you always wonder when definitions come out, whether those will be objected to, um, whether there is consensus in the metal, medical community for what, what, how things should be defined. Um, and so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see the feedback out of that. That is a good point, Jack. I don't know if this will be considered too permissive. Um, I think the real, the real sort of goal from the advocates here were non, non-surgical interventions. Uh, and the bill takes care of that. So it'll be interesting to see if there's a backlash and a, a different yeah. approach brought next year. Yeah. Uh, and then in, in you, you alluded to it, but I, it, it sounds like uh, the, the issue that the, the larger issue of transgender rights will be fought around. Do you think it'll be, a, it'll be about the sports situations? Are we going to, is it going to be about bathrooms? Do you have any idea what kind of stuff is likely coming for next year? Well, both of those issues are in the same bill, right? Yeah. So um, the the Sports and Spaces Act 
and it deals it focuses mostly on high schools. I don't know if it's a broader public accommodations, but the the scope of which we've looked at it in and talked about it in is within high schools. But it's about who's using what locker rooms or bathrooms in high schools, and then what teams they're playing on, and how that that plays out. And then I do think too, it's worth noting, Jack. Um, aside from the legislation, there is a lawsuit that's going on, right, from the uh, individual who had transition surgery before age 18, I think, um, and is now filing, has now filed a lawsuit alleging, um, you know, medical, improper medical treatment, uh, medical malpractice. So there's sort of that going on in the background, too, as that discussion goes underway. And then we'll turn towards sports and who participate. Um, yeah next session and i like i said i that that bill got heard last year obviously um it was prioritized last session but it never got floor time all of the focus was on the medical treatment side um the let them grow act and and it never really got beyond that but Mm -hmm. and i i still like there are plenty of senators who have stood up and said no, we're not doing that. We're going to have the same thing next year that we had last year if that bill gets pushed. Mm-hmm. I have not heard an update as to whether or not that'll be the case. Um, I know the Speaker of the Legislature gave some comments last week in an open forum um, about rules changes that are going to be coming and so a rules debate that'll take place at the beginning of the session, but didn't really outline the specifics of what those rules will, rules changes might look like. So still some anticipation and some what what will happen next year? What will the minority be able to do if they, they want to object? Um, what will the majority be able to do if they want to stop their objection? Uh, but the speaker was very clear last week um, at an event that, that he's talked with many folks. They'll have, they'll have a proposal. They will spend some time at the beginning in January talking about rules changes. And then last but not least, um, got a couple of minutes or so left here, but it, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago that uh, Senator Breezy was named the state treasurer. Um, it's my understanding, unless I missed something, that that seat is still unfilled. So that's something that's probably coming down the pike, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I, I have heard um, have heard very little, I guess, in terms of real uh, names or, and I don't even know if they've, I should know this, but I don't know whether or not there's been like an application process like there sort of was for the state treasurer, right? An application window open. Um, I should look into that, but plenty of speculation about who it will be. Obviously there are, there's a candidate, a Republican candidate that's announced in that district in Ethan Clark. Um, he's a former staffer at the legislature and It'll be interesting to see whether he gets that appointment or whether another name sort of comes out of the woodwork. Um, but yeah, it's getting probably in the next couple of weeks. I, you know, the the governor hasn't taken a ton of time with these appointments in the past. Like they haven't been open for several weeks right. or at a time. But there's also no real rush to appoint somebody outside of the fact that they are running for that legislative seat and the primary is six seven months away. Yeah. So um, elevating them to senator is a little bit valuable i guess when you got a Definitely. an election that's that's kind of the clock that's ticking on an election yep you become kind of an incumbent um in that situation all right hey great to talk to you tim appreciate uh all of the conversation and help understanding these issues uh we will let you go and we will talk to you again next week all right have a good one thanks jack take care and go tim ruza Day 25, we will take a break caleb's got to check sports coming up next you listen to lnk today with jack and friends on klin 
Your home for Husker football is 1499.3. Presented on KLIN by Liberty First Credit Union. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, well, Mike Schaefer joining us here in just a second. I just, uh, Caleb and I were talking earlier about the rest of the schedule here for Nebraska uh, at Illinois on Friday, and then they get Purdue and Northwestern at home, then they're at Michigan State. Here's how I break down uh, the potential outcomes. <laughs> These I just are tweeted good. this out. Uh, 4-0 is uh, bull eligible already Ooh. with multiple games remaining. Hello, 6-3 and three at that already, point. Already, yeah, you've got the bull and still have games uh, – Several games still to come after that. that. Yeah, four well, and zero. That, three that, games, I guess. Four and zero. That's not that. bowl eligible. Four and zero. You're looking at competing for the division. Yeah, I guess that's kind of. That's probably kind of true. <laughs> yeah, at least it's in. You're still alive for yeah. sure. Yeah, with a, that's a good point. I should have said that. Three and one. Uh, if they go, I say things still feel pretty good. Like if if that was three and one, right? It would be for the most part. I think pretty. I would think pretty okay mm-hmm. with how things mm-hmm. are going around here for the most part. Two and two, I said, uh, hey, anyone check the APR? No. The APR is the academic progress rate, and somebody probably should check it, by the way. Uh, they give that, that would mean. We're still living on that five and seven year. <laughs> that means you would be, what, four and five at that point? Yeah, four and five. Um, and you got three games left. Maybe you could get one and get to five wins and still have a shot at a bowl if there are extra spots. Uh, but that goes by the APR <laughs> rankings. So that's why I said that. Uh, one and three. Uh, my line is hello, Casey, because you you will be uh, in basketball season by the time that uh, Michigan State game happens. The last of those four, uh, and then zero oh and four. Uh, I described as fan Armageddon. Yeah, it wouldn't because feel good. It will be, I mean, because it will be, I, listen, I don't think 0-4 is going to happen, but it's not completely off the table, but the amount of, oh, the amount of people that are already saying, hey, this thing is going in the wrong direction, and then other people who disagree with that and saying, hey, you know, it's, you got to see, you obviously, and obviously they're not making any kind of a change, uh, nor do I think they should, but I just, I know how it'll get. I've been around this fan base and sports media long enough uh, to have an idea of what that whole scenario would be like exactly. So, anyway, that is my assessment of the uh, four different, or excuse me, the five different outcomes that could come in those next four games, which we'll talk about here in a second with Mike. I don't, I don't know. There's like like a ton 
to uh, to really break down with Mike Schaefer in the uh, in the game itself that happened. Uh, but I guess we can try. I don't know. Mike is uh, is. <laughs> do you care to provide any analysis on what happened beyond Michigan was uh, was just a lot better than Nebraska? Yeah, I mean that's basically kind of what it was. I mean Michigan came in and. The things Nebraska had done well, they weren't doing well. Uh, they compounded it by tackling poor a little bit again on Saturday, which I think was maybe the thing. The two things that bothered me the most had nothing to do with Michigan coming in and dominating. I mean, I think some of uh, some of the realization of what Nebraska is is knowing that a team that's just scrapping and clawing to get to six and six is probably not going to be able to put up a four quarter fight with a team that's you know expecting to play for a national championship like you're on different levels but i guess the the tackling is sort of annoying to me because it it felt like that was a lot better in the first two games the first three games of the season specifically than the last two i don't know how much of that is luke reimer i don't know how much of that is these guys are probably a little worn down you think about how much nebraska's defense has been on the field this year yeah, uh, and you know how hard they've played, and then obviously they have a lot of depth, so they're cycling through guys. So the the hope is that you know the depth will be able to hold up. But it, at one point, this tells you where Michigan is versus where Nebraska is. There's still starters on the field for the Wolverines, but Nebraska has two of their three down defensive linemen are true freshmen. Right. I mean, so that's you know when we're talking about development, we're talking about where this program wants to be. You have Riley Van Poppel and Sua Lapotu in there against Michigan starting offensive line and starting, you know, running backs and everything else. Like, that's just, you know, sort of where you were, uh, you know, as Nebraska. And then the other thing that I found, you know, really kind of disheartening a little bit, Nebraska still has these stupid procedural issues. They still have false starts when you shouldn't have to deal with them. Like, you watch Michigan, they played a completely clean game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure there was stuff they could have been called for in there. But, you know, those those are the subjective things. And you kind of don't have to deal with that when you're one of the best teams in the country. But what they didn't do was they didn't jump off sides. They didn't have false starts. They were lined up correctly. You know, there wasn't the concern that they couldn't get the playoff before the, the snap. Uh, those kinds of things. So, like, that's, that's still an area, you know, regardless of coaching staff over the last decade, that remains just disheartening about Nebraska football. Like you can almost guarantee there's going to be a stupid procedural issue that you would expect to at some point be beyond. And hopefully that happens later this year where they can just play clean games where the offense isn't giving away five yards because they really can't afford to yeah. against almost any opponent. They cannot afford to give away five free yards. They just don't have that margin for error. Now that you've seen that and, and you've seen the opponents when you, when you, Look at these next four games. Some people say like to do it three, but I'm throwing the fourth one in because it's Michigan State. It's uh, at Illinois, Northwestern, and Purdue at home at Michigan State. Those those four games. Do you have? I'm curious. Like, just like what level of of confidence do you have in even having an idea of how those games are going to go um, in terms well, of think, what the outcome might be? 
I'm 100% confident that they're all 50-50 games. Is that fair? I mean, <laughs> there, that's fair. Thank you for the the clarity then. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I can I can certainly provide that. I mean, I, I think Nebraska has the ability to win any of those four games. Um, they certainly have the ability to melt down and lose any of those four yeah. games. I don't feel like there's a talent disparity that's nearly what it was that we saw on Saturday. I don't worry about Nebraska's defense having been exposed in a way by Michigan that other teams are just going to be able to take advantage of, um, you know, because I, I felt like that was somewhat exclusive to what Michigan is able to do to teams. I mean, I just don't, I don't think Illinois has the ability on Friday and they've shown all year, they can't really run the football. So Nebraska, if they go tackle the way that they can, you can make Illinois more one dimensional. Now we can get into if the secondary is an asset or if it's a, you know, a, a reason to be concerned. But I think that enough of these teams that you face, Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State, you can get them into more one-dimensional football. With Michigan, you really could. I mean, they were going to – they only threw for what they threw for because they could run for what they ran for. So I, I don't know that that is a concern for me. It, it more comes down to can Nebraska play clean football. We don't have a lot of evidence that they can. They obviously have had moments, um, you know, uh, at times where they have long stretches where they can play well. But we we also don't know, like, can you get three points when you are facing a fourth and seven at the 20 going into score? Where yeah. You don't really want to go for a fourth and seven, but you also don't want to end a drive with a missed field goal because you don't have a kicker that can put it through the uprights right now. So, um, you know, they have their they have their own questions, but I look at these teams that they face where if we get, you know, a reasonable version of Nebraska, they're going to be in the fourth quarter in every one of these games. Is it possible to lose 45-7 to and nearly get shut out and be the quarterback of that team and solidify your spot as the starter? And, and if so, do you think that do you think that happened this weekend? Well, at least one person on Twitter, me, claims so. So, um, <laughs> you know, that that was met with far more resistance than I would have expected. Really? I, mean, I, I guess part of it is there's a lot of people that feel like Jeff Sims is healthier than he probably is. And so in my mind, if you can't get Jeff Sims where he's mobile, and I think his mobility issues are still part of the problem, which is why I think we're going to see Heinrich Harburg again on Friday. One short week, two I just don't think that Jeff Sims is able to open it up and run the way that he did in the first two games or the first six quarters of the season, seven quarters of the season. Um, so there, you know, makes some of the conversation move for me. But the other thing, like, I just feel like Heinrich Harburg has shown control of the offense. Like, he, he, in some ways, he's gotten better each week of the season. And, yeah, there's little stuff in there. And Matt Rule talked about him trying to be a player that he's not and those sorts of things. I mean, it was his third start. His third start came against the number two team in the country, and he threw for 199 yards. At one point, he was 10 of 12 for 140. Everyone wants to talk about his sidearm motion, and yet he threw for more yards in this game than they had against previous opponents, and this was the best team that they played. The offense, I thought, looked pretty good in terms of how he was able to get the ball to Billy Kemp at least early in the game. Like I, I feel like the passing game, doesn't have to be as bad as it's been yeah. at the beginning of the year. Like, That's what I, so I felt I too. Harvard showed that. That's a great and way to so say I, it. Yeah. I felt more confident in what the offense could be in addition to his ability. Like Michigan took the running away. They weren't going to be able to run the option. Obviously Anthony Grant wasn't wasn't much there and they hit on a seventy some yard run from Josh Bleak who 
you know, I think on the, the tailgate show, I completely poo-pooed his move to running back. So in, <laughs> Great in call again. fashion, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, you know, really nailing it with these things. So people should definitely listen to me as the expert on your show. But, well, Schaefer, uh, you did that, and I missed the run because I was on the walk from the elevator to the field where we have no idea what's happening. The, the one play you wanted to see, you missed. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those where it's the play starts. i like, oh, there's a hole. I kind of like look back to whatever I was writing real quickly. And then I realized like, oh, that guy hasn't stopped running. You share over your computer. It's like, oh, hey, they scored. All right, everyone can calm down now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, exactly. Um, man, and then, Mike, here we are, and we're probably going to be waiting for injury or health, whatever it is exactly, with, with Luke Reimer. But Deshaun Singleton didn't look good. I mean, uh, man, it, this team th- – it's kind of too bad the team doesn't have a bye week this coming week because they could definitely use it. But um, if if uh, especially if Singleton is is out, uh, what is that? Who? What do you think they do exactly? I mean, we kind of got a shot of what they're going to do because it was so early in the game against Michigan. But how much does that impact the defense if that's the case? Well, that's certainly going to affect things. I mean, obviously you want to um, you know be the close to full strength as possible. But if you don't have Reimer, you don't have Singleton. I mean, that's. They're just in their next man up mentality. It's going to be a lot more Nick Hendricks. It's going to be uh, some more um, Makai Bayer. They're going to move some of those pieces around on that third level, uh, probably too defensively to, to try to slide guys in and out. Um, we could see, you know, you could see potentially, and Hard Dogs played a lot of corner, but they were talking about him at safety too. I mean, so wow. you could slide him back there if there's another corner that you wanted to emphasize. Um, I think the hard thing is, there just hasn't been, aside from kind of Omar Brown coming up with uh, the interception against Minnesota, there just hasn't been enough plays in your secondary. And so then you kind of wonder, like, what it looks like the further you get down the sheet. Yeah. Um, if there's that much of a drop-off. So I, I do wonder if that Deshaun Singleton injury, I mean, he's been playing pretty well, and he certainly is a willing defender. And what I mean is he's, he's like, willing to come into that box and stick his nose into things. And that's a big part of their run defense. And so, um, you know, hopefully that's not for as long as it feels like it's going to be. But we'll see. We'll see what they say. Uh, But that one, maybe more than the Reimer, which is weird because Reimer is a better player, but I just feel like they're in a better position to get through that. The Reimer thing is also so different that I'm, like, hesitant to even comment on it. Because, I mean, we're we're not even talking about football. Like, I'm worried about him just being – okay right. with the, the tone that Matt Rule had in the poster. Right. Yeah. And, and obviously he's not going to say a whole lot about that thing, but um, yeah, it's it's crazy. By the way, he, here's an interesting stat for you. Uh, based on our uh, our our helmet sticker draft for, for uh, the for oh, the show. No. The, so there we did three teams and and uh, Mike, you got your team picked by by Josh Peterson because he was here then. So twelve so total. Twelve guy. total. There are six of them who were injured or injured in the Illinois game. Half of half of what we thought were the twelve best players on the team, and then well, and two of them that weren't are Tristan Alvano and Brian Buscini. So yeah, the the ones that are left are Billy Kemp, M.J. Sherman, Thomas Fedoni. Uh, Quentin Newsom. Those are the four. Wow. That's pretty tough. I mean, that's, you know, but that's, 
this is kind of where Nebraska finds itself. It's been that sort of year. And, and the thing is, I'm sure you guys hear it too. It's not like anyone's allowing this to be an excuse no. for any of Nebraska's play. No, it's not it's like not. anyone's like, you know, maybe we should we should give Marcus Satterfield a little bit of a break here. He's trying to call an offense with a mash unit out there. Oh, and oh, by the way, the offensive line isn't helping matters. But yeah. you know, people don't want to hear that. Like the expectation is, this is your football team. You got to figure out how to win games with it. And obviously, Saturday. They weren't going to beat Michigan. I mean, I, you could play that game 10 out of 10 times. They just weren't going to beat them. They're yeah. not They're not at the ability that they could even really hang in that game. And I know the way that Michigan played earlier in the season, people were maybe hopeful Nebraska could hang around because of how their defense has been. It wasn't the case on Saturday. They tend to – Michigan in the second – or the middle third of the season tends to get a lot better, and I think we saw that uh, certainly on Saturday. I mean, they, they looked about as good – uh, as a team, as we've seen in Lincoln in a while, do you think they uh, win the and, East? Do you do you still have do you have them winning the East, Michigan? I had Penn State winning the the whole thing, yeah. um, in terms of the Big Ten, and so that game, which doesn't occur until like the second week of November, yeah. Um, you know that one's really. I think both of those teams are probably a little better than Ohio State, uh, and right now I think it's, I think Michigan's probably the class of the conference, uh, but we'll see. I mean they. They have a really fun finish to their schedule. They get uh, they get nine games, and then their tenth game is Penn State. The eleventh game is Maryland, and the twelfth game is Ohio State. That's their finish. And like every every team that they face, it's, it's like half the teams in the Big Ten are going through some sort of existential crisis right now. Mike, it's a weirdest. Scene. Oh, the Big Ten is terrible. I, I know, the Big Ten is very it's, bad. It's not only that they're bad, but it's like they they're. I mean, you even look at Nebraska's schedule, right? I guess, you know, Illinois, I don't know that there's anything other specific than they just have not been nearly as good as they hoped they, they would be. But Northwestern had what Northwestern went through. Michigan State has what's going on with them. Iowa is a world of dysfunction. They may be without their quarterback, too, for the rest of the season at this point. Um, well, what is it your next uh Four or three of your next four games are against teams that have a different coach than Nebraska faced last year. That's yeah, that's right. Two of uh, which occurred, you know, at the beginning of the uh, like one. I guess was right before media days, and then yep. one during the season. Like it's yeah, it's yes. it's sort of just absurd. Like. Mike Loxley has become a beacon of consistency. That's where we're at. Well, that's that's the only coach after Illinois. Loxley is the only coach that you face that was at their team last year until you play Iowa. It will be yeah. it will be four out of five games because <laughs> you had Wisconsin in there too, and and they've got a new coach, and you know they might be they might be the favorites now to win the West, and they've looked I think considerably worse than almost anybody seem except me expected them to be at this point. So. Just to, to change the subject real quickly, mm-hmm. was that not like the most Iowa win ever? Oh my gosh! On Saturday, yeah, like they come out and they look like crap against a team that stunk right for the last few weeks, and they lose their quarterback, and yet they just magically manage to get these things to just line up perfectly for them, like right. all the time to play the most disgusting, horrendous football imaginable. Like, so bad that it should come with a warning from the FCC. And they win the game. Like, it's just, it, it's unfathomable to me how many times I watch an Iowa team that has no business scoring points, let alone winning football games, and they just come out of these just disgusting car crashes 
And it's like, okay, the car's not completely totaled, right? But it doesn't have a door, a steering wheel, and we're not sure the electric components work anymore. But it's the champion. Like it just is. It's I, remarkable. I was but watching the have. game live, and I I think that uh, I, if you had asked me, like, what are the chances they run this back uh, for a touchdown on that punt, I would have been like, at uh, 90. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> very high. Very high. Yeah. And then that's the difference between, I mean, that's what Nebraska's got to get to get some of these wins, to be honest, Mike. I mean, right. you know. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, you know, they you have Matt Rule talk about how he wants to ultimately be what Michigan is, and I understand that. But to get there, they're probably going to have to resemble more closely. <laughs> you got to be what Iowa uh, is how, first. How Iowa has played. That's and, true. You know, that's not the soundbite that anybody wants. To no, hear. but uh, yeah, he's not going to say that, but it's probably true. All right. Hey, great to talk to you, Mike. We will see you on uh, on actual game day on Friday uh, for the yeah. tailgate. All right. What a season. What a season. All right. Have a good one, Mike. We'll talk to you soon. Mike Schaefer of Husker, 24-7, 30 miles per hour. Partly cloudy, 68 the low tonight. 6% chance for showers and thunderstorms on Tuesday and cooler. From the 10-11 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Brett Anderson. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, that is it for your Monday show. Enjoy the 90-degree temperatures potentially for the last time in 2023. You'll miss some.